Hi everyone, I'm Colby Horton with Association Briefings, and I'm here with my colleague and co-host Frank Humada. Hey Frank. Hey Colby. We'd like to welcome you to the inaugural episode of Engaging in the Next, an original podcast where we talk about what's next for the association community when it comes to technology, Marcom strategy, people, membership, and money. And what better topic to start this podcast series than to talk about podcasting for associations. We're excited to have Darren Scheid, CAE, with us today. Darren is the Marketing Director at the American College of Emergency Physicians, a seasoned association exec, cat lover, Cardinals baseball fan, and podcast aficionado. Darren is an average bowler and doesn't own a coat because, hey, he's from Missouri and says he doesn't need one. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks, Colby and Frank. I appreciate it. Uh, Today, there may not be a better way to get thought leadership out to the masses than through a podcast. So let's get a little nerdy before jumping into the meat of this discussion. So Frank, you're you're good at that. Um, Oh, fun stats. Yeah, I'm all over it. Let's talk a little uh, podcast stats. What's the state of the podcasting industry right now, Frank? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, as of April 2021, there are over 2 million podcasts with 48 million episodes total. Uh, there's been a 62% growth of monthly podcast listeners in the last three years. Uh, U.S. podcast listeners in general now average eight podcasts per week. And 56% of all Americans, uh, 12 to 34 years of age, uh, listen to at least one podcast per month. Wow, that's, that, that's a lot of podcasting. From the, from the standpoint of podcasts, do we think it's a great way to get association thought leadership into the hands of young professionals? Yeah, I think you have to meet members where they are. And uh, right now, a lot of members who are younger, uh, you know, the statistics will show that they're consuming content this way. And, you know, I don't think that means we all have to start doing TikTok videos. Uh, but, you know, podcasting is pretty obvious. You know, i I um, have a lot of friends at work at my previous job and my current job who are as old or older than me, and they all consume content this way. So it's a natural progression of things that, you know, before you had to have a magazine, I think now you kind of have to have a podcast. Yeah, it makes sense. I think the best thing you said right there is that we all don't have to jump on a TikTok I was about to plug my page. No, (laughs) (laughs) and you have it right. Uh, I mean, It's just a a more convenient way to consume information and you can listen to your own leisure. So uh, there's a lot of popularity because of that alone. Uh, Agreed. You know, an interesting fact, reality podcasts have been around since 2005. And I remember I I worked at the Automotive Service Association as their electronic communications manager. And we were sitting around trying to figure out, you know, how to improve our online show daily and thought it would be cool to record the keynote address and one or two education sessions. Uh, Thought it would be easy. Uh, We went to Vegas that year with a handheld audio recorder that we put in front of the speakers and hit record. Go figure, the quality wasn't great and the editing was really a pain. I felt like the idea was there, but in reality, the execution kind of sucked. But that that was also more than 15 years ago. So why are podcasts so big today and why should associations jump on this bandwagon now? I think for two reasons. Number one, it's, it's easier 
to produce and it's easier to post than it used to be. Even five or six years ago, it was hard to get your podcast posted and out to the masses. And a lot of these companies realize that and now they make it super easy. And the technology to do the editing, uh, it's come a long way. And you know, I use a free software that um, I taught myself basically that's really, really easy to use. So I think if, if you have the time and uh, you want to do this, it's not a big leap. Um, I just think it's, it's a lot easier than it used to be and more people are doing it. So you'll probably have somebody at your office who knows how to do it. And uh, it, it's just the natural progression of things um, to uh, go ahead and, and try this. And if, it, if you do it right and it works, great. If you try really hard and it doesn't work, well, what have you lost? You haven't lost a lot of money and you probably haven't lost a whole lot of time. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, if, if worse comes to worse, there are companies out there that can certainly help you, you know, create podcasts, you know, from, from strategizing through, you know, pre and post-production through promotion. So, you know, you can look at those companies that really service the, the Marcom industry, if you will. And chances are uh, podcasts are now part of the, the suite of products that they, they sell. Um, so it, it, it's certainly out there and, and, and available for folks. Sure. And, you know, for associations, podcasts are a way to, you know, expand their audience beyond their membership. And, you know, Darren, you mentioned it, you know, podcasts, everyone's doing it right now. We've always said for years, there's an association for everything. There's basically a podcast for everything. So, you know, there are listeners out there uh, for your industry, and they might be listening to podcasts already in that industry. But as an association, you, you have an advantage because, you have access to industry leaders and your overall expertise in the space. So you have a better chance of putting out better quality content out there. Yeah, exactly right. And you, you need to make sure you have, um, you know, the support of your leadership. You need to make sure you find people who are going to participate, who will continue it. I think consistency, just like anything else, is the key. Mm-hmm. You know, a few years ago when people were starting magazines and they were moving to digital magazines, you didn't launch it and then sort of just forget about it and say, yeah, let's not do one this month. Uh, consistency is, is so important. You know, if, if you decide on bi-weekly, you know, go bi-weekly. If you decide monthly, that's fine too. Go monthly. Um, I think most people would find out that if they did this and launched it and did it the right way and promoted it the right way, then I think they would find out if they did it monthly, it would do well enough where monthly is not enough. And they might find out then bi-weekly is not enough. And then they may branch off. Um, I like to talk about where I work, the American College of Emergency Physicians. We call it um, ASEP. ASEP started with uh, one podcast six or seven years ago. And I can't take credit. I did not launch that. But it, it's turned into a podcast network of seven podcasts. It's pretty amazing. They do the, the magazine, Scientific Journal, the original one that started and uh, it just keeps branching out and getting bigger and bigger. And the reason is people wanted it. Yeah, I think we've all kind of been uh, accustomed to uh, being able to receive the content we want to receive, right? I mean, you, you watch a show on Netflix and the next thing you know, it's suggesting more shows that you could like or, you know, you buy something on Amazon. Here's a series of related uh, products that you could purchase as well. Podcasts are the same way and getting stuck with putting one podcast out there for an association really limits 
your listenership. Uh, it limits, you know, what your what your members want to hear and what their their preferences are. So, you know, you, you bring up a great point. An association shouldn't be limited to that one podcast. Expanding it out into certain preferences or you know specific areas of interest is what members are used to seeing out there in the consumer world anyway. So that makes sense. I do think it's it's interesting as well. You know, Frank and I are on association websites all the time. And I can't tell you how many claim to be the voice of the industry, yet don't have a podcast to back that up. I mean, to be the voice, let's let's hear it. Let's hear the commentating. Let's let's uh, let's get the ideas out there. Let's talk to the experts. Let's truly be the voice of the industry. And the podcast is really the the, the one of the first places you can start. Well, and associations like to talk about member engagement. What, what better way to engage your members than to invite them to be on a podcast, to be an mm-hmm. expert? And, you know, with ASEP, you know, not all members are academicians. Not all members read the scientific journal, but there are a lot who do. And the people who do, uh, they'd like to get a bite-sized view of the latest research article in last month's journal. And they'd like to listen to it uh, while they're taking a break at work, while they're driving to work, while they're on the subway. It's just a convenient way to give them access to your information and not just the promotional stuff that you want to throw out in front of your members so they'll buy a product. You know, that's what's great about podcasts is most of them are informational and they're, they're not selling you things. They're telling you what you need to know. And um, the more you have, the better for it. I know it for ASAP, the more you have, the better um, because one wasn't enough. And um like I said, I wish, I wish I would have launched it. I wish it was my idea. Back then, it wasn't. Um, a friend of mine uh, named Jeff Frailer, who now works at the American Osteopathic Association, he is uh, launching one for them as well. So he's doing this all over again. And I think, I think that brings up another point, that it doesn't have to be the marketing communication team that drives this. Jeff worked for ASAP in the education department. So he was in charge of CME and doing education products for meetings and things like that. So he had his own personal podcast. And when it came time for ASAP to jump into the podcast world, he was the perfect choice. He knew more, he knew more about it than any of us in marketing because he had one himself. And when he launched it, it, just, it was the perfect storm where he had a great host Uh, He knew how to do it. He knew how to edit. He knew how to um, apply for CME for it. And, um, you know, the marketing team got behind it and it just took off. Excellent. I think we're going to talk about a lot of what you just mentioned um, as we go along here in in this particular episode. You you said something in there about kind of a a bite-sized view of something. In, In your view, what's the ideal length of a podcast for associations right now? You know, I think 20 minutes is long enough. Uh, we were talking earlier um, about webinars versus podcasts. And when I think of a webinar, I immediately go toward um, PowerPoint. as something that's really visual. And in order for me to consume this content, I need to be in front of my computer. I need to be watching it. Even if it's a recording, I feel like if I just do the audio on that, I'm probably going to miss something. Well, with podcasts, you, you can consume it in your car. You don't have to listen to all of it. You could listen to 10 minutes and then pick up the next 10 minutes later. Uh, but I think 15 to 20 is a sweet spot. 
you know, the podcasts that I listen to, if it goes more than 20, I'm starting to tail off a little bit. <laughs> so I think 20 is a, a, a huge sweet spot for podcasts today. Darren, you, you've listened to a lot of association podcasts and podcasts in general. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about you being uh, part of the, the creation or at least in the, on the ground level when a, a podcast launches. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, different formats that tend to work for associations? You know, the, um, I like one-on-one or one-on-two, um, a host and two guests, uh, a guest, two hosts. I think if you get too many people in there, it's really hard for people not to talk over one another, but I think some podcasts are great when it's just an expert talking about something. Uh, if that person uh, has a passion for what they're doing, if, if it's a research article, for, for instance, you could have the, uh, you know, the lead researcher on that article talk about the research, and that's great too. Um, I think you get too many people on there, it's tough, but two or three and one is fine. I think a discussion between two people, and that's the main format that ASEP uses for their main podcast called Frontline. It's, uh, it's a host, and it's usually the same host, pretty much exclusively the same person who was already semi-famous whenever he took over the podcast for ASEP and started um, serving as their host. And it's usually just uh, Dr. Ryan Stanton and one person, or Dr. Ryan Stanton and two people, and that seems to work perfectly for theirs. For those associations that don't have a podcast currently, what do you think is some of the main challenges they face in starting one for their industry? I think finding a host is probably the hardest thing to do because you don't want it, you don't want it to be staff. It can be, but it's way better if you can find someone who's a member, who's in the weeds with everyone else in your association, you know, ASAP got lucky. They found a, uh, an ER doc from Kentucky who's great at this. He's a great interviewer. Everybody already knew him. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to find that host. And it's hard to find the host who is willing to do it, but then willing to do it again and again and again, because these people do have full-time jobs. I think when you try to find a host, you have to really make sure that they really, really want to do this and they want to do it consistently. And, um, you know, from there, it's just technical stuff, you know, editing and, and that kind of thing. Finding guests is usually pretty easy because finding any, anything that uh, is affecting the industry, uh, whether it be advocacy issues or, you know, with ASAP, it's clinical issues, COVID, uh, right now with, with emergency physicians, burnout, um, you know, that kind of thing with ER docs. It's pretty easy to find content and it's pretty easy to find guests. Uh, the host is a, can be a challenge. And you also have to, have to figure out at the very beginning whether or not you're going to pay this person. And then if you pay that person, then you need a contract. You need legal to look over the contract. You need to make sure you get all of that stuff out of the way before you start. Um, I would recommend giving an honorarium and not asking one of your members to do this for you for free. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be a lot, but, um, you know, they have to know that, um, you know, they're not just giving their time just because, you know, it, mean, it means a little more when you're paying them, even if it's a little bit.
Um, and from there, I think lining out your episodes at least six, eight months in advance, maybe even a year if you're going to do it monthly, you know, go ahead and have everything in place. And I would suggest having four, maybe even five in the can. Um, if, if you're going bi-weekly, have that many in the can already, just so if you fall behind, it's okay. You plug one in, you, you're good to go. So I think basically when you launch, make sure you have all your marketing materials ahead of time, make sure your host is on board. And if you're going to pay them, have all that contract stuff worked out and have some in the can so you can just plug and play. There are going to be things that come up in your industry that deserve a podcast. You'll say, oh my gosh, this issue just happened. Uh, scope of practice with uh, physicians, for instance, we, we, it'd be great to get a podcast on that. So you'll plug it in and push one of the other ones back if you have some in the can already. That makes sense. And, and kind of going back to what you said a little bit earlier, I mean, if an association has now asked all their board members, all the industry, you know, folks that they've, they're familiar with and folks they've networked with, and they all say, no, I'm, I, I'm not interested in, in hosting. There's got to be someone within the association staff, uh, you know, outside the Marcom uh, department as well, who's willing to step up and say, hey, I, I listen to podcasts all the time and I'm, I'm willing to, 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 to interview and, and be the host of this podcast. So I guess all I'm saying is if you've asked and folks are turning you down, don't get discouraged. You know, find someone on staff that is willing to to ask the questions in a Q&A format and get the podcast out there. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. And, you know, I used to do video for ASAP uh, poorly. And, but, uh, you, know, we had, uh, you know, we had a need for voiceovers. And, uh, you know, I knew this guy who worked upstairs and his name's David and he had a great voice. And I said, hey, David, we need some voiceover work for this video we're doing. And I was like, would you be willing to do that? And he's like, yeah, I'd help you out there. So he did one and that was fine. It turned out great. There was another time whenever um, I needed another voiceover and he wasn't available. So I asked another guy uh, named Craig Price. I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, somebody said, well, Craig used to be a sports broadcaster on television back where he came from before he joined our staff. I was like, are you, are you kidding me right now? We have a broadcaster on staff. And so I said, hey, Craig, would you be willing to do this? And he was like, send me the script. And it sounded like he was on television on Channel 11 <laughs> doing his broadcast. And it was amazing. So from then on out, we used him. Now there are services you can use for voiceovers that make it super easy, too. I use um, Voice Bunny, if you've ever heard of that. It's a really cool uh, website where you can just deliver a script to this website and uh choose your voice, choose your age. You can choose an Australian accent if you want, and they send you the audio file and you're done. Very cool. I think, I think what that also proves um, is that association professionals are jacks of all trade and there's, there's those hidden talents on your staff somewhere as well. Yeah, and I think it, you'd be shocked. I mean, ASAP, obviously, it's, it's a big company. We have 150, 160 people. So I'd be surprised if we didn't have 10 podcast experts on staff somewhere. So I don't think you have to be a big staff to find those people who can help you. You just have to find someone who likes podcasts. And if you have a staff of 10, I bet you have one or two people who would be not only willing to do this, but excited to do it. So in, 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 in the concept of a, of a podcast, we've talked about thought leadership. We've talked about 
know, how podcast appeals to the younger professionals. Both are great reasons to get into podcasting. Uh, but what about CE credits? I mean, Darren, are you, are you seeing associations utilizing their podcasts for continuing ed credits? Absolutely. And it works the same way as it does for an educational session. Uh, whatever your accrediting body is, they'll give you the parameters and you just have to make sure that your podcast follows those parameters. For a medical society, for CME credit, you have to be able to outline what you're going to talk about, uh, what the listener is going to know after this is over, and you submit the forms and uh, you'll get back how many credits that's worth. Usually in medical societies for educational sessions, um, to get 0.5 credits, you have to speak for a half an hour. To get a full credit, you have to speak for an hour. And it's the same with podcasts. Um, so it is a way. And um, A question we tend to get when we're discussing podcasting with potential association partners is the whole concept of audio only versus video podcasts. Frank, what are you telling them right now? Video is, is less convenient for your audience uh, as you know, audio can be consumed anywhere. Uh, there's, there's still value in video podcasts as some viewers want to see the host, uh, the guests, as well as the reactions. But you know, the, the last two years, especially with the increase of uh, video meetings, calls, conferences, audio podcasts have been somewhat of an escape from screens. And you're able to do more things. You're able to multitask, you know, get ready for work and listen, exercise, make dinner. Um, you know, we had a recording of the week with uh, the American Lighting Association. The topic came up of a blue light and, you know, being able to, to, to see your blue light from your computer screens, TV, smartphones, not only hurts our eyes, but also affects our sleep cycle, which is terrifying for me because I go from computer all day to watching TV at night to looking at social media before bed. So, you know, audio does a number of great things for you. But the main thing I think that we've all you know, developed over the past two years is just having it as an escape, having it as a way to multitask, having it as you know, something to listen to, to gather information, education and entertainment, you know, during our free time. I think an, a, another big issue with associations starting a podcast is how the heck they're going to pay for it. Uh, what are... What are a couple of options that, that you guys are aware of? Well, advertising, just like everything else. And it's another way for uh, your partners to get the word out to a, a captive audience. Um, you know, a lot, you'll, you'll see a lot of podcasts, especially the, you know, super famous ones. They're brought to you by so-and-so. You can do that in associations as well. You know, I used to work at the National Athletic Trainers Association and, I guarantee you Johnson and Johnson or Kramer products would, um, would uh, sponsor one of these podcasts, especially if it was talking about equipment, things that they sell. So I don't think it's a leap to think that you can make these um, profitable or at least let a member benefit pay for itself. It doesn't seem like that big of a stretch. So to kind of, kind of bring this all together, Darren, just, just flat out, how long until members or industry professionals absolutely expect an association to have a podcast? The time now? I think it's now. Uh, you know, there's a reason that, um, you know, the AOA is launching one. Um, there's a reason that ASAP now has seven. 
So uh, I think if it's already kind of too late, but um, that's okay. Not everybody has the, um, has the wherewithal right now to uh, launch anything new, especially in the middle of COVID when no one's together in the office. But it definitely needs to be on, it, it, it has to be on the radar. You have to at least be thinking about it. And um, like I said, it may not work, but I think a lot of people would be very surprised if they're skeptical about, um, about launching something like this that's so easy for members to consume content. All right, so, so gentlemen, what are some of the podcasts that, that y'all are listening to right now? Darren? Well, for me, um, the main one is um, Cardinals Baseball. There's a podcast that the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, puts out there. And I don't really like going to uh, MLB.com and then uh, going to the Cardinals page. And I don't really – I have the Post-Dispatch on my phone, but it's just easy to uh, consume that content when I want to. It's easy to listen to it in the car. And uh, it's put on by the Post-Dispatch, so I know I'm not getting the uh, you know Cardinals official word on – what's happening with the team. And uh, another one that I really like is um, uh, Ted Talks has a podcast where they do a, a segment that's really cool. I, I like Ted Talks and I sometimes watch them, um, you know, just sitting in the living room watching television. It's nice to be able to consume a Ted Talk type of um, uh, segment uh, just in a podcast in my car when I'm driving to work. What about you, Frank? Uh, Bill Simmons podcast. He comes out with three a week. I love that show mainly about sports. Uh, the rewatchables. It's a movie related podcast. They have different categories. If you can recast the movie, who would you have in there? You know, who won the movie, whatnot. Uh, and then the association mashup with, with Matty Grant. Cool. Uh, my, my top three right now, part of my take uh, is a great sports podcast. It gets my fill of sports for the day or, or every other day. I love duct tape marketing. It's one of the best business podcasts that, that I listen to with obviously a good marketing spin. And then for fun, WDW radio. I mean, it allows me to live vicariously through uh, people that spend a lot of time in theme parks and, and beautiful weather. So those are my three. Um, Darren, hey, we really appreciate you being a part of today's discussion. And as if we haven't done so already, let's, let's put you in the hot seat one last time. In the final segment, we like to call the Briefings Minute. So we're going to fire off a, a minute worth of questions just to learn more about you. Give us the first answer that comes to mind. You, you ready for this rapid fire uh, segment? Let's go. Here we go. Uh, number one, coffee, tea, beer, or tequila? Coffee. Excellent. What are you binging on Netflix right now? Nothing. It's football season. <laughs> All right. So question number three, baseball or football? Baseball. Favorite team? Cardinals. Uh, what's your top three favorite movies? Uh, Shawshank Redemption, because it's required if you're male. Um, a Few Good Men. And, well, Dumb and Dumber, I have to admit it. Nice. <laughs> That's a good mix. Uh, we talked about them earlier, but any hidden talents? Not really. I mean, I can juggle. You know, that's one thing. Um, that's about it. Yeah. I, but I'm, I'm actually a pretty good juggler. Sidekick question. Kimmy Gibbler or Steve Urkel? Oh, Urkel. Of course. If you didn't work in the association community, what industry would you want to work in? If I was smart enough, I would want to be an ER doc. 
they just they're like the rebels of medicine uh you know kind of cool people and they work wild crazy shifts and they just see they're they're a lot of fun halloween fourth of july or valentine's day fourth of july i go see my parents in missouri on the fourth every year perfect last question if you could meet one person dead or alive who would it be well, because I'm one track mind person, I'd have to say Stan Mutual. All right. Well, that's the buzzer then. Hey, thanks again for joining us, Darren. And thanks to everyone who made it to the end of the first episode of Engaging in the Next. Join us each month as we discuss trends that impact what's next in the association world. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you'd like more information about association briefings, be sure to visit us online at associationbriefings.com. Thanks again, Frank and Darren. Thanks, Colby. Thanks, Frank.